Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. I'm your host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host, Ken Russi. What's up, my dude? How's you? Nothing much. I'm just glad we're finally getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we're finally getting started. Technical difficulties are a thing. They always seem to come into play. But we're powering through for you, ladies and gentlemen. You know it. Oh, man. So I think this is going to be one of the more interesting episodes that we've had over the past couple of weeks. Granted, you know, E3 and all that. Uh, We're going to be touching on a a few G's today. A few G's. A couple. Good, couple. Good golly, Gene. <laughs> Good golly, Gene Simmons. Give me Spider-Man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, we're going to be talking about uh, corporate greed versus good business. I think that I think with everything that's going on in the gaming climate, if you will, uh, it's a good time to have this discussion. And maybe someone out there is listening and uh, take some of the things that we're saying to heart and improve on their own businesses or if you want to get into games and own your own business take some of the lessons that you've learned from other companies and try to do things you know in your own way better than these companies can so maybe you could be the next you know activision ea blizzard whatever but next big company what i mean with the next big company getting in trouble with its employees yeah without the that uh, could be you (laughs) yeah without the getting in trouble from your employees of course on the other business be a good company. That's all. But anyway. That's it. That's yeah, the that's episode. It. Just really be a good, good company. company. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you later, minute. guys. That's all that it takes. Let's go ahead and jump into our discussion, shall we? And let's get the loot box discussion out of the way early okay. to get to other things. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this out of the way first. So, you know, we've seen over the past couple of years loot boxes, bo- boxes, loot boxes, <laughs> uh, become the. Vatican. There's only some bad boxes here. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like snake the- hiding one of them. <laughs> Become the norm and this and a, a staple of both AAA sixty dollar games and your free to play games as well. Um, free to play, I understand that side of it. The other side, not so much. But that's my own personal thing. Uh, personal personal biases aside, however, though, I what I'm trying to put a word to the question. Uh, what do you think is a sign of greed over good business in terms of loot boxes, microtransactions? How does that incorporate into uh, into uh, this? Okay. Well, I think you have to um, get down to the core because there's there's nothing wrong uh, in my mind with having a surprise mechanic uh, in your game. <laughs> you know, I mean, every, everybody loves presents, and that's that's what loot boxes are when you get down to their core. Um, they're little presents that you get to unwrap yourself. But where it starts to go wrong is when they start fiddling with the boxes themselves, and they know that you want something in that box so bad that you will keep spending and spending and spending until you get stuff out of it. Um, and it's kind of gotten bad for a while now. A good example is uh, the 2K series with their their loot boxes, yeah. the uh, My Team, where you open up a pack and you get cards out of it. And... Uh, over time, their system has gone from giving you 
multiple cards, like at least three or four players in those packs when you buy them. Now you open up a pack and you get one player and that's it. Huh. You know, and some of those packs, like they, they cost the, the minimal amount that I can think of, uh, cost something around 3,700 my, my team points, my team coins, whatever they call them. Yeah. And on average, when you play a game, um, you'll get around three to 400 coins playing a game. There are certain ways like you can improve if you play better, make shots, you know, high percentage, block, whatever. You'll get more coins doing those. Right. Yeah. So at a maximum that I've seen, though, uh, is around 800, 900 coins at max. But a more average is around like 400 coins in there. So at a minimum, it's going to take you about 10 games. You're going to have to play 10 games before you can even buy a pack. And then you get one player out of that pack. <laughs> right, yeah. And that, and keep in mind, that's just if you're using the My Team points. When I'm talking about VC, which you can buy from the store to open mm-hmm. more packs and get and have a chance to get better players, thus making it a pay-to-win uh, thing. But mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And, that, and that, that goes for most sports games, you know. Uh, Madden's the same with their Madden Ultimate team. I'm not too sure about the show. I I don't I don't remember if they have. I know I, I know they have they, a similar mechanic, Ultimate Team mechanic, but I don't know if you can spend real money on those uh, cards. Or not I'd imagine you can, yeah. but I just don't know. Unfortunately, uh, I can tell you that yeah, it is there, but I play the show at a point where they turn off that uh, okay. system. <laughs> so you can't even go in there. It's like, here's some cards. And you try and go in there. It's like, the service is offline. <laughs> so I, uh, whenever I play the show, I can't even get into that. So right. unfortunately, I don't know. Right. Um, and I agree with you, but one thing that they've done that uh, 2K is still doing is that your cards have contracts and they run out. So you use them uh in a game and even if you do you know as long as they're on your team uh, if you don't use them they still lose a contract right and so you have to get contract cards or get new players um and keep kind of replenishing them madden though has gotten rid of that you don't have to worry about running out of contracts you just have those players right which i, I if, if i'm getting into also the team mode like that that's the one i would prefer where you just kind of have the players and that's it. Yeah. But I don't play Ultimate Team in general just because it's not a game mode that I'm personally interested in and invested in. I I never liked the idea of building a super team. Mm-hmm. And in this way, like if if I was if if this came out when I was you know say nine or ten and I was playing Madden, absolutely. I was that kid who had nine and over players and everything. That was me. That's what I did. That was fun for me. But now that I'm older. And I, my, my gaming style has shifted when it comes to sports games in that regard. So that's not what I personally want to do when I play a sports game. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I get that. It's a little irrelevant, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's something, though, that they have done uh, that I, I feel is better, even though um, Madden is still, like, their their card system is... Some like seven thousand, seventy five hundred. Well, they have they have different packages. I think they have like you can get just a single card for five hundred of their Madden points, um, or you can uh, get a pack. I want to say it's like thirty five hundred, but you have a very small chance of getting anything higher than a silver. And then they have their gold pack, which guarantees you like at least one gold player, um, and then a bunch of other players and stuff. So uh, they still have that, and I don't really feel like that's um, good. I mean, for me, in the, the era that I've grown up in, like I'm I'm used to getting cards, and, and that's kind of my thing. Like I, ha- I've, I have three or four binders full of cards uh, mm-hmm. from Pokemon to football. Uh, I even have this one set that I'm kind of proud of, and I wish they would bring it back. It's uh, an NFL card game with a barcode on the side. 
and you would play it with a little electronic device and you would slide your card in the device and it would tell you if you um if your play worked or if it failed or uh stuff like that and so i kind of wish uh this is a digress and i apologize <laughs> but i kind of wish that they would take like the amiibo technology with the cards mm-hmm. like uh, football cards basketball cards and then you can bring those players to life in the game like scan them into the game right you know yeah kind of i kind of wish that these guys would get on board with that because that's something that i i can get behind because you're getting something tangible and you know we've talked about it before but i feel like you're not really getting anything tangible when you're buying these packs. Right. And, you know, it, it literally costs them nothing to produce packs and produce these cards. So, you know, a little bit of time, which I'm sure doesn't take their crew too long to develop these cards and put them into the game because they, they literally have, like, moment cards where yeah. oh this just happened yesterday here's a brand new card <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's out now <laughs> so it can't take that long it can't be that difficult if they can have that quick of a turnaround time producing those right and so yeah. go ahead. no i've been uh, talking <laughs> and that that goes into like the live service nature of of uh games nowadays too where they always want to be pumping out content to you and all that and in some ways that can be a good thing uh and in others if it's rushed or you know whatever it's not as good and i don't know uh what uh what could be done about that sort of thing because i i think i think my big thing too is like not every game needs to be a live service yeah or something like that i think that's the big thing it's okay to have your standalone uh standalone game as is and adding more content down the road versus continuously pumping out content because it doesn't work for everybody it doesn't work for every game yeah i mean it i can understand it though yeah yeah no i get it um because the old um like a better word cliche the out of sight out of mind yeah so and that usually happens you know, I mean, I'll be honest. I got Batman Arkham City, mm-hmm. played that, loved it, beat it. Um, you know, I uh, thought it was a great game. Yeah. And then they brought out like the DLC, the past and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I bought that because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great game. I want to continue playing. Mm-hmm. That was probably four years ago, three years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I have not played any of that DLC right you know and so i don't i definitely don't think that um i'm the exception here (laughs) i think that happens you know um if you don't keep their attention um you're gonna lose out on that and and they're just gonna be gone you know yeah yeah exactly so i understand the concept that you have to keep people interested you have to keep them there um but what I guess I don't understand is that, you know, these companies are making billions of dollars. And the question is, you know, how much do they need? <laughs> yeah, right. To, to live for, I mean, let's be serious for real there. Yeah, you know? no, exactly. Yeah, I agree. How much do they need? And really, you know, companies like EA and Activision and Activision Blizzard, you know, take two. Those, yeah. those, you know, they're laying off people, or they laid off, you know, months ago, m- m- you know, months back they laid off, you know, eight hundred through fifty people, however many it was, while the seat, while you know, Andrew Wilson and the big higher ups are raking in money. Yeah, they they get a huge bonus. They yeah. they just made their quarterly profit. They get a huge bonus. Yeah, yeah we're gonna lay off eight hundred people. Like, yeah. What do you mean? How does that work? <laughs> Yeah, I actually wrote a news story, uh, and to be fair, I didn't read it. I watched it, but <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> um, it was from the CEO of EA, uh, the crazy dude. <laughs> Andrew Wilson. And I don't, I don't know if his name is Andrew Wilson. 
It could be, but uh, they were saying that this is like his first interview in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said he gave up his bonus and used that money to uh, pay employees. And it's like, well, how many employees do they have? EA is a big company. Yeah. They have thousands of employees. And his, like, is are they getting, like, a hundred bucks? Yeah. You know, like, how and, much how much money are we talking here? Right, right. And keep the, in mind, C- that's... Good. Yeah, Sorry, CEO needs that bonus anyways, you yeah. know? So, I really, I really don't think... Um, the issue is the loot boxes themselves. I think it ties more into the greed of these companies mm-hmm. and how much they think they need, how much they think they deserve. Right. Yeah. You know, for what could be argued as nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, you know, it's not, it's not smart of us to sit here and pretend like, you know, these companies don't make money and, you know, they're not a business that says what their goal is to make money. Hand over fist, obviously. You know, if if you're not making money, then in my then I think that hurts more than helps. But at the same time, there's ways to do it. I think uh, better than what we're what we're seeing. Uh, speaking of EA, though, I have a article here from back from E3 with Andrew okay. Wilson, and I wanted to read a little quote from it, uh, talking about loot boxes on the topic of it. Uh, this is whether it's direct purchase or this mystery box style that's become commonly referred to as loot boxes. Trying to re, re rebrand the term loot boxes again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we really think about four key vectors: value, fairness, choice, and fun. Wilson explained, "We want to feel like we got a good deal. We've got some live services, live service businesses that are that are market fueled that have some of the highest sentiment and highest engagement in the industry." So it's actually possible to do this right. Uh, and number one, like it, it's, I don't know, if, I don't know, don't know if that, that made any sense to you, but to me, I got kind of lost. Cause I'm like, no one talks like that. Number one, <laughs> but yeah. you know, whatever he, you know, corporate uh, speak and whatnot. Uh, and then he goes on to compare uh, them to, you know, kiss, kiss, uh, kiss cards, kiss trading cards. Yep. You know, his friends were collectors saying how, you know, he came from, a, from a, a religious background. So, you know, he had to sort of like sneak and buy and buy the pack. And he akin, he he uh, made the pack opening similar to uh, the ultimate team uh, modes that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Right. And I think um, the biggest issue with those is that. Uh, when he bought that pack of kiss cards mm-hmm. and he took good care of them, they're still around today. Right? Right. So let's say you bought a pack of Madden NFL 17 um, Ultimate Team cards. Right. That was two years ago, three years ago, we'll say. Are those cards still there? Probably not because servers are probably shut down. Maybe. Exactly. Everything that you just paid for that you bought, gone. Poof. Disappeared. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that's just a matter of two, three years. Yeah. Right? And they do that so it forces you to upgrade to the newest version of the game to spend yeah. more money. <laughs> yeah. Because they know you're going to do it. Well, I mean, that's still, though, you can't compare loot boxes right. to tangible cards, kiss yeah. cards. Whatever, and yeah. there was actually a guy talked about that. Dolls, whatever, you know. And he said the Kiss cards maybe not the best example because Kiss are one of the biggest sellout uh, <laughs> musicians ever. They like, love their name on everything. Yeah, you can get Kiss on everything. Yeah. So maybe not the best example to say, "Hey, we're not greedy and trying <laughs> to make money for people." Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, and that, that could be, uh, sorry, a big thing here um, is, is the question is, um, are loot boxes greedy or good business, right? Right. And the answer is they're both. Because it's good for their business 
and it's super greedy of them. So they're, <laughs> you know, right, I, I mean, look at it. yeah, exactly. There, there's a reason why every company uh, that wants to make money is putting it in their game. Yeah, and that's because it makes money. Right. You know, hand hand over fist, does it make money? Hundred percent. So. Hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, I'm not saying that hey they don't need or that they shouldn't make money that they're not a business you know that they should be more like star trek and doing it for the greater good although yeah. you know i would appreciate it if they did. <laughs> of course right um but they are trying to for like a better word pull the wool over our eyes and tell us that no we're not a greedy company we're not trying to make money we're trying to sell you fun and delicious cotton candy you know yeah. <laughs> like that's what they're telling us you know it might be different if they said well yeah it's it's good for business people buy them that's why we're doing it but right. no they're they're saying no it's not it's we're we're just making some money on the side here you know and that's i think the biggest issue and that's why uh, a lot of people are concerned and upset about it yeah is because yeah. they're yeah. telling us that no, it's good. We're good. Everything is good. One, it's not. It's it is pure greed. That's why people put it in. You know, it's a mechanic designed to get people to spend money, and it works. Yeah, exactly. It does. It does. And you know, going back to the to you know your point about you know them saying it's good and trying to pull the wool over our eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, there was that. Uh, what was it? There was that 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 meeting that Parliament had with EA and a few other companies a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. that I had mentioned in our last episode. And there was something in there about, you know, oh, you know, we we disagree with, with the evidence, blah -de blah that the boxes are gambling, all that stuff. And I'm thinking, like, well, you can't really disagree with the evidence because it's evidence is there <laughs> for a reason. You don't get to, you don't get to argue against facts. Mm -hmm. That's how this works, you know, if... And, and you know, oh, we 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 think we're doing everything right under the law because the law doesn't say that it's not illegal. Just because something's not illegal doesn't mean that you know it's not it's not a it's not a bad thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, doesn't mean you know? it's not illegal yet either. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Things can change. You know, the, the fact that uh, these companies are going to try and go out there and defend. The practices like they're some holier than thou, uh, you know, uh, thing is a little disheartening because it makes you realize what they really think of you as a consumer, you know. Mm -hmm. We're just a number. Yeah, exactly. We're just, we're just a price tag. How much we spent. Mm -hmm. That's how much mm -hmm. they love us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One, one more quote here from from Wilson, and then we'll move on to our next little right. little thing here. Uh, we want this is in response to the again back on loot boxes and whatnot and regulation stuff. Uh, we want to talk to a lot of regulators around the world. There's no sleight of hand here, he said. If it's if it's ultimately found that any form of he said while shuffling <laughs> three cards. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if it's ultimately found that any form of monetization is inappropriate, we'll do something different. Many territories and many regulators have tested it and found it to be completely fine in the same way that playing baseball cards or kiss cards is fine. So what we did last year ahead of, I think, anyone in the industry is we went out and we started providing odds and being very transparent about the chances that you're going to get whatever it might be in one of these packs. We're going to continue to do that because our objective was never to be opaque. Like, I mean, I, I understand the putting the odds out there. That still yeah. doesn't change the fact of it is what it is. Yeah. Not, in my personal opinion, it doesn't. And here's um, to rebut his point there too. Um, they didn't actually give the odds; they gave a percentage. <laughs> so, what what exactly is a one percent chance of you getting that card? Right. Like, what is that breakdown to in terms of? Yeah, we we don't know. So yeah. that's that's not exactly the odds. Um, that he put out there and the other thing is that as far as I can tell when they say they talk to consumers they mean that they did focus groups and focus groups are horrible because 
they are they are not the mass. They're a very small selection, and usually, mm-hmm. when they're paid for by the company that wants to know stuff about this, they're using it so that they can say, "Oh, we we talked to the masses, and this is what they said." Yeah. So you usually don't get a very good representation of what people actually think um, from there. Right. Exactly. Because, like you said, there it's almost like a it's almost like a plant. Yeah. Exactly. Like a plant in the audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. right, right. That's what I meant. Not an actual plant. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to clear that one up. Ma- magician terms here. And yeah. I think uh, for our listeners um, that maybe don't know, the um, issue that's going on with uh, Belgium and the UK and all that, and why they're saying, hey, uh, we think this is gambling, is because... Um, by law, gambling is you putting money on something or essentially buying something that you could walk out and have nothing. That's the definition of gambling. So, you know, you bet on a team, they lose, you end up with nothing. Good day, sir. Um, <laughs> so, nice, nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's the definition of gambling. And uh, their argument, EA's argument and other companies have been uh, the same argument that um, trading card companies have used. Because when you open up a card, uh, a pack of trading cards, you may not get what you want, but you tangibly have something. You are not left with nothing. Right. And so the argument is in a digital medium that you have digital goods, but is that physically something it does been the argument and we've talked about it uh on a previous episode before um that i i believe it's not and i just used the madden 17 example uh which i believe is a good example because those cards you bought are gone and they're not there and everything is you know uh missing and if 17 is too new go back to 16 (laughs) yeah right because go, eventually, back and, go back and try and play one of the older Madden Ultimate team modes and see if you can still play it. Yeah, because eventually you get to a point where you can't play it and the money you spent uh, is vamoose. Like, I actually tried to play um, 2K17 because here's what happened. 2K19 was coming out. Yeah. Um, and so I traded 2K18 in so that I could use it towards getting 2K19. Right. Um, but I own 2K17 digitally. And so I decided that I would play that while I was waiting for 19 to come out. They had killed the My Team service in that already. So you couldn't like get anything, no cards. You know, If you even was able to play someone, uh, they were all like level 99. It, it was awful. It was yeah, really bad. Yeah, I bet. I bet it was. Um, but yeah, that's that's the argument that's going on. And those are kind of the... Um, the uh, sides or the um, arguments that both companies are making. One is saying that it's a digital medium and you're left with nothing. And one is saying that, uh, well, digital goods are tangible goods. And so you should be, uh, it's not gambling because of that. Yeah. And, you know, the U.S. here in America, where there's a there's a bill that's going around. Uh, it's got bipartisan support recently talking about, you know, possibly banning loot boxes and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's, you know, years down the road, obviously. But I think it's still something that, you know, should be in 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 our minds, at least, as gamers in our minds, that this could, be, could happen at some point. And it should be a wake-up call to the companies, too, mm-hmm. that, hey, the government's going to step in if you guys don't do anything about this yourselves. If you don't, yeah. if you don't self-regulate yourself, the government's going to do it, and it's not going to be good because more times than not, I think the government can be too harsh with things that they don't understand, which I think are most things. Uh, and they'll be, they'll come in with an iron fist, and it'll hurt more than more than help. I think it, I, I think when it comes to games, you know, because. There's, I think there's a lot of variables that could be in play as far as 
uh, loot boxes and what's considered that and all that other business, you know, because then, you know, rating law will have to change and all that stuff too, right? You would think if gambling is in a game, if gambling is in a sports game, you know, is that considered right. an adult activity? Because if it is, then you're going to have to rate the game higher probably because of that, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just guessing here. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking um, that maybe if that were to happen, then that would be a scenario. And um, I would imagine most of these games don't want to, you know, limit their audience to adults only, which would be a rating involved or an M rating because of whatever. But because it's the content within the game, you know. Well, but I'm just again just guessing, really. Here's the here's the here's the funny thing. Um, most, or if I'm not mistaken, all states have a law the state that you have to be 18 in order to gamble mm-hmm. the esrb if you look up their um rating uh it's t if if it contains gambling it gets an automatic t rating which is t for teen which is anyone that's 13 or older is right. supposed to be able to that's suitable for anyone that's 13 or older for that so I don't know if that like how does that work? Yeah, you right. Know? All right. How does that work exactly? <laughs> right. And we won't I mean, really know. It's illegal to gamble in real life until you're 18, but in a video game, you can be 13 years old. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I, know. I really don't know how that works. Honestly, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's move on, shall we? Uh, <laughs> let's let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Crunch, not the candy bar. It's delicious, but you know, yeah. Cereal. Yes. Cap- <laughs> Raise the it brand crunch. the roof of my mouth. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can feel it. <laughs> you feel it. Honestly, I've I've never had it cut the roof of my mouth, so I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on with people. <laughs> but I've never with Captain Crunch. It was it was my favorite cereal back when I was eating it, like before right. I went keto. True, but true. I've never had it cut the roof of my mouth. I've never been a Captain Crunch guy for that reason. I've never. It's it's too hard. It's there. Anyway, yeah, well, that's why you use your teeth. You don't use the roof of your mouth. I mean, you're correct, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point, sir. Valid point. Use your teeth. Yeah. But that's not the crunch we're talking about. No, 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 no. We're talking about uh, gaming crunch uh, versus results. I think I think, and I was watching a YouTube video earlier, and I kind of agree with what the person was saying in the video. But let's again, I'm gonna I'm kick it over to you. Okay. Crunch versus results. What's the what would be that uh, that line, I guess, between good business and uh, greed for that sort of thing? I mean, I guess it it gets down to if the people are being paid overtime. I mean, you know, from from where I live, which is in Utah, um, they actually don't have to pay you overtime unless you earn more than 80 hours in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, most companies, though, are world companies, and so they actually will uh, set it at 40 hours a week because there's a lot of states that that's, that's their limit is 40 hour. If you have a 40 hour work week, you earn overtime. Right. Um, there's even some states like California, more than eight hour work days, you were in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so from where I'm, uh, where I live, you can work 80 hours, two weeks in pay period and not be owed overtime. So you can actually work 80 hours in one week, but because the pay period is two weeks, they, they don't have to pay you overtime uh, in there. Uh, Utah is a lovely place to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're pro business. Like they're not pro consumer out here. Uh, so I feel like I can uh, speak about that best, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, because if they're not being paid overtime, you know, if you have like certain companies are having their people work eighty or hundred hour work weeks, you know, single weeks, and they're getting paid normal pay like that's no that's where the line has to be drawn you know so i i'm okay working your employees to death 
but they should be adequately paid for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, adequately paid, I think, adequately cared for too as a result. You know, making sure they have things like air conditioning and they get breaks and yeah. things like that, you know, because no one can work at their best when they're in an uncomfortable environment, uh, one, and two, if they're not being probably compensated for it pay-wise. Yeah, I mean, there are slave camps uh, that make you work 100 hours in that, and that's that's not what they should be, right? Yeah. They shouldn't be slave camps where you're forced to work uh, long hours and, and not do stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, w- without air conditioning, I guess, and, you know, proper breaks and, and mills, you know? Yeah. So I definitely feel there's a fine line. I do understand, though, uh, from a business standpoint, looking at it this way, um, Let's say, uh, I don't know if they got in trouble for this, but I'm going to use them as an example. Uh, Bungie. Mm -hmm. So they have a company like, we'll say Activision, that comes up and says, hey, we'll pay all your bills. Make us this game, right? Um, I I realize that's not probably how they... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Probably not how the conversation went, Um, but that's uh, a very generic way. You know, other companies, I think, will do similar things or... Sometimes you go up to a publisher and say, hey, look at this game. Don't you think it's great? Pay us money and we'll finish it, right? So I understand from that standpoint, if you're Activision or EA, you are paying their bills. You're paying the money to get this done. And if you say, hey, I want this game out by September 21st, you know, this year, like, I understand it needs to get done. Um, and so I, I kind of get where they're coming from. And I understand it's like, oh, we have a deadline. We have to crunch uh, to get this in. But again, that comes back to that if they're being adequately paid or furnished, you know, um, like if you're going to make people stay at the office, like there should be beds. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, stuff like that, I think. If, if you're not accommodating people and you're giving them the same conditions that they would get if they work, if they didn't work crunch hours versus with that, then that's, that's a no go. That's the line that you shouldn't uh, cross. Yeah. And I think that, I think uh, the, the line for me is around there, but also has to do more with uh, employees health as well, mm-hmm. both mental and physical as well. I think as soon oh, as, yeah those things start to dwindle a little a little bit then that can also that also creates problems you know there were reports of i forget which i believe it was bioware when in the in the jason schreier article that you were about anthem talking about how you know people were were really stressed out and they had to take you know leaves because the crunch was so unbearable and there's this phrase going around called bioware magic and it's a whole thing that you know results in Sometimes good games like good good games, you know Inquisition. That was re- really well received, or a game like Anthem, that in most people's eyes was a flop. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's also another part of it too, taking care of the employees health wise, as well making sure that they are healthy while being crunched or trying to avoid that crunch to make sure that they're healthy because again i think you work better when you're healthy one two when you are cared for you know again adequate air conditioning and all other stuff and then compensation properly compensated properly for it and those are big three big things that are uh key yeah to getting good results so those are definitely some good points um what what do you think, though, like, should it be, should companies get away, uh, and maybe not get away, but remove or stay away from crunch times? Like, is that your suggestion, or? I'm, I, honestly, I think that's unavoidable, I think. Okay. And, and I, I say that just because, because of how the nature of video games and how this stuff works, you know, you can have five, ten years to work on a game, and in some cases, again, using Bioware as an example, not get anything done in those, in those, in those years because of, you know, 
bad management with ideas or, you know, things like that just not coming together right. You know, you can take all that time and have it not work. And in the last two years, two to three years, figure it out and get it together and have it still not be uh, not be where you want, where it ultimately probably should have been. Uh, I, I, I think that it's impossible to, to avoid crunch. I think minimizing it would be the better play over avoiding it entirely because I, I, I don't I don't know a way you could you could avoid crunch as much as as much as I want to believe that that that, that a world a world that exists I don't think you can in all honesty mm-hmm. yeah and I think nothing I'm sorry I think nothing uh, nothing that's uh, worth doing is gonna come without a little bit of hard work right so you know uh which which are three again you know i think they they delayed the game to give themselves more time to work on it but they were still but i imagine they're still crunching throughout that delay process so even if you delay a game you know give yourself an extra year or whatever it takes you know to get it done you'll get it done it'll it'll probably be better for it but i think you're still crunching throughout that whole process yeah and i can um I, I can speak personally uh, as well as uh, some other stuff, but um, I've, I've been a manager uh, in a store before and I can't speak for um, game developers, but I can speak for retail employees. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I would set up tasks and say, hey, look, let's let's get this done over the weekend. I'm going to be gone. Here's what I want you to do. You know, make sure we do that. Let's make sure this is done. And I would leave and I would come back from the weekend. None of it was done. Mm. Not a single thing. And stuff was messy. And there was always, I always felt like I had way too much work on my plate. Right. And I kind of wonder if that isn't the human condition, you know, is that people don't really want to work. Or if it's not a fun environment, if it's not something that they feel like they're they're doing that like motivates them, for lack of a better word, that they they take forever and they procrastinate and and they don't do what they want to do. And so I don't know if if that causes crunch because it's like yeah we can we can get this done and then people slack off or they they take breaks or. You know, the biggest thing that happens in retail, people take like 20, 30 minute breaks. It's like, it, it's like you get a 15 minute break, they take 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like, bro, what are you doing? Come back on your scheduled time. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no you're digress okay. But, um, and so that might be an issue uh, to look at is if people are procrastinating, if if that's something, you know, like, let's say you're making uh, a shooting game and you don't really want to make a shooting game. Are you going to work as hard as you can to make sure that gets done? I mean, personally, I, I know that uh, when we record an episode and it's like I'm really excited about it. Right. I usually get it done sooner, editing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> if the episode's not as good as it could be or whatnot um i do take a little bit longer uh to get the episode out sometimes though that's that's not the case sometimes i'm just super busy and i forget and so i end up taking longer to get it out for that reason but there are times you know just saying that there are episodes where it's like uh do i have to do this one i guess (laughs) can't really just skip to episode 50 here from 49 yeah you know, so I mean that that happens, right? And then I have to crunch to get the episode out before weeks end, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah, uh, so I guess uh, what I'm saying is is that the human condition, like, is is crunching unavoidable? Because uh, you've already said you think that it's it's unavoidable, but I got the feeling you were saying that because companies like EA are going to be like, no, we need the game out now as opposed to employees 
from the employee side where maybe they're not working as hard as they physically could, whether right. it's because of mental or physical right. uh, yeah. issue. Yeah, it's it, it, it's really tough for me because, you know, I, being a employee who works in retail, uh, it's really tough for me to see the other side of it right. because I know how I feel. And I know there are days where I really don't feel like being there or whatever, but I still go to work and I'll still do the best of my ability to that day. Even if it's not 100 percent, I'll still do the best that I can for that day. Uh, so it's really hard for me to imagine someone going to work and you know again giving it less giving it uh you know less than what they possibly could what what they what 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 their best is even on a bad day you know if your best is you know 80 percent and that's what you do uh but again i i don't know and it's it's not my place really uh for me to comment on that side of it mm -hmm. like what what the employee what the employee is is doing or not doing um but uh when it comes to i guess the, when it comes to the company side of it i'm always gonna say look out for your employees because if you don't then they're going to leave and it's not gonna be any good for you mm -hmm. in my yeah. personal opinion so i'm i'm very yeah. like pro uh pro worker yeah on the right term but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I, I mean i agree with you you know um i know that um when i'm at a job i just want to feel wanted you know honestly yeah. i mean a lot of companies go with uh, well you're replaceable so get your work done you know yeah I know. <laughs> well, if you don't care then why should i All right yeah exactly like we don't have to be uh the best of buds honestly i i try not to get too um friendly with coworkers whenever i've done that in the past because i like to leave my work at work and my home at home and the way i do that is by you staying at work and i'll go <laughs> home <laughs> you know? um so yeah so usually that's that's how i uh treat that but it's definitely you know if if i feel like i'm wanted or they they trust me and they think i'm a good worker i will work harder yeah. you know if if i feel like they don't trust me or they hate me or they're trying to write me up for something then i definitely feel like they don't care yeah so why should i like you said right. yeah they or, don't or care to get you in any why sort should of way. i yeah yeah we need to put that on the post. Y'all getting a lot of uh, background care. info today on the boys. <laughs> Delving into the lives of the, of, the, of the R and R boys a little bit today, huh? <laughs> mm -hmm. not, 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 not a bad well, thing, though. I mean, my information is kind of like Google Maps. It's three <laughs> years old. So <laughs> it was worth the date. We we got we got updates running over here constantly. It seems like. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think that unfortunately it's it's inevitable to um it's unavoidable crunch, but I think there are ways you could properly do it or or at least lessen the strain on your employees. Right. That's kind of all I gotta say about that one. Uh, like take them out to spa one day. Yeah, you reward them, give them a little a little break or something, you know, like a little spa day, whatever, you know. Bring a surprise mechanic to the <laughs> office. Bring bring a surprise vacation for your employee all that. <laughs> But uh, before we move on here, I did want to talk about the um, a uh, the article with uh, interview with uh, Strasselnik, the Take Two CEO, okay, talking about unionization and that sort of stuff. Uh, the question in the article was, uh, "What do you think about the growing interest surrounding unionization for video game developers?" And Zelnik responds. We observe the law and typically collective bargaining makes sense when people aren't treated well. This is an exceedingly high-paying industry. Typically, unions make sense when there are too many people seeking too few jobs, and therefore the industry in question can underpay people. In our industry, there are too many jobs seeking too few people, and industry pays a lot of people. I'm not sure, that, I'm not sure what benefit unionizing would bring. We're very proud of our labor relations. We're not, the, we're not the fast food industry, and we're not struggling with minimum wage. 
there's something like 200,000 people employed in the U.S., and I believe in the average salary is somewhere around 100,000. It's so hard to imagine what beneficial effort u- effect using unionization would have. However, we are, of course, open-minded and will comply with the law. Uh, I don't I don't know how how accurate the last two numbers are, the 20,000 people employed in the U.S. and the wages or average salary is $100,000. I don't know how accurate that is. It might be a little older from from other articles and things that I've seen over the past couple of days. That yeah. might be might be older information, but that's a, besides the point, really, in my opinion. Um, I think that last part there is kind of the striking one to me. It's so hard to imagine what beneficial effect unionization would have. But I don't know. I think it depends on what your yeah. view on unions are, you know, in that regard. Because I've worked for companies where they showed us a promotional a promo- promotional video about why you why you unions are bad. So yeah, you know, I, I just think it depends on what your work is and whatnot. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a whole different topic. I don't know if yeah. I even want to <laughs> delve into that one. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't have the knowledge with unions uh, to really comment on the whole thing again. All I know is I worked at a place, they said, they said unions are bad. So, I mean, if you say so, I don't mm-hmm. know. But if you say so, I don't believe you, but still, like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they can be bad. Um, I don't know how I feel about uh unions taking my wages that i'm earning mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because you essentially pay a union but yeah i don't know um yeah i've never really dealt with a union so i, I i'd rather steer clear just because i don't feel knowledgeable enough yeah i feel you i feel you i definitely don't either i just wanted to bring it up because i thought it was interesting uh response to the whole thing because there's there are people in the industry who you know aren't being treated as we've seen over the past couple of years and to have i guess a ceo say something like that uh sort of makes me feel like he doesn't know what's going on or just choosing to avoid it entirely one of the two that's my my personal opinion on that yeah. Thing, of course and I'd, I'd be interested to know what some of the bigger players are like some of the um more popular game developers what they think of unions you know and i'm more interested in that getting their their knowledge yeah than... that's what i would be more interested in too seeing what they think about the whole thing because you know if if the unions are going to look out for the employee's best interest and all that stuff, and I don't see why that's a bad thing. But again, mm-hmm. what what the knowledge I have is there. But anyway, let's move away from that one. Let's let's end this on a more positive note, shall we? All right. Let's talk about companies that do things from our from our uh, our standpoint, uh, our point of view. Uh, well, in terms of uh, you know, it could be things like. You know how they how they package uh, their games with little goodies, or you know what what the view of them is as a as a company. When you know when you talk about a company like EA or Activision or Blizzard, you know you, you think about the bad things. But when you think about a company like you know Nintendo or you know whatever, you know mm-hmm. you most you tend to think about the good things that, that they do because they're not so much folk they're not so much in the negative press all the time right i remember iwata uh he had take when nintendo was under hard times he had i remember reading an article i should say that he had you know taken a pay cut or something mm-hmm. along those lines to help out uh his the, the the company overall which i think is very admirable yeah um yeah i mean honestly i can't think of any like i'm i'm glad you brought that up because i couldn't think of any um and i do miss iwata like i i wish he was still the president 
uh, Nintendo. I feel really, really yeah. sorry for that. I'm bringing, I'm bringing no, everyone okay. down again. <laughs> it's okay. I do too, man. I do too. I really do. How you feel? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I can't really think of I any. Got, I, I got another one for you if it'll, get, if it'll right. help you. Let's hear it. Yeah, so another one of mine, I don't think there's any surprise to people, but CD Projekt Red, I, I think that they are, from everything that I've seen over the past couple of years, you know, despite the crunch and whatnot, they're very pro-consumer. I think they yeah. do a lot of things that really benefit, you know, the, the players and and them as well. Who wants to play their own game? You know, uh, with The Witcher 3, you know, they had they had given out in the standard edition. They gave out, you know, things that normally would be in other companies, collector's editions or, you know, special mm-hmm. edition that would have cost a little more money. Uh, like like the, the necklace, which I missed out on. Really sad. I didn't buy it physically. So I didn't get any of that stuff. However, yep. it's going to change because when Cyberpunk comes out, I'm getting that that physical standard, the physical standard edition, because it's yep. going to come. It's going to come with you know the, the the discs in it. It's got some postcards, a map of a map of Night City, some stickers. It's got a uh, reversible cover, which is pretty cool. Right. Uh, there's a, a world uh, cop cop co- yeah copendium. Which is which got like you know game settings and lore details in there, and it's got some digital item too, like the soundtrack, the source book. Uh, there's a booklet from booklet for art and uh, wallpapers for the for desktop and mobile, which is again really cool stuff. And then for their collector's edition, you get that stuff that I mentioned earlier. Plus, you get like a big statue thing. You get it comes in a steel book case, you know, a bunch of and a bunch of other things like that. I think that's all really cool stuff. And they have just these two editions alone, and one the standard edition, which normally you get just the game. They're giving you a little some little extra things in there for you know show good faith and whatnot. And they're going to be doing much like what The Witcher did. They're doing, you know, mini free DLCs here and there, adding quests and things like that, in addition to their uh, big expansions. So right. we already know this, which is good. We don't know what we don't know what they are or anything else like that. We just know that, that they're doing them. Which mm-hmm. I'd rather you tell me that now versus, hey, we have these three expansions and they're this, this, and this. <laughs> and pay $35 for it. Here you go. Hope it's good. <laughs> Looking at you, yeah. Crispo Cyrus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that does remind me uh, one of the things that CD Projekt Red does that um, is really good is that none of their games on PC have a DRM in them. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. And because uh, I'm a proponent of hating DRM. Mm-hmm. I feel like it punishes the good people more than it does the bad people because they just crack the game anyways. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in fact, they own uh, the good old games website, so the store. The yeah, 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 store. GOG. Yeah, and so any game you buy there is DRM-free. There's no DRM in it. That's one of their requirements is that if you're, the game's going to be put on there, it has to be DRM-free. Um, and so that's something that has always stuck in my mind is that, you know, even though one, I can't remember if it was Witcher 3 or Witcher 2 came out, and it was the most pirated game that year. Hmm. Um, even then, they're still like, you know, we don't like it, but we're going to keep making our games DRM free because it's right. the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's something that, I remember from City Project Red that I've always appreciated uh, for them. Yeah, I I think I think they really are the peak of the industry when you're talking about things that they're doing that again are very pro consumer. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the biggest thing because if you show your if you show your customer base that you care about them and you value their time at you know with whatever it is 
they're more than willing to reciprocate it back to you by supporting you buying mm-hmm. the game or whatever service or good that you're providing to a to a consumer. Yeah. I think that I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day, you know. I and think if that's, you believe in it, karma. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I you know the the one the one thing I think we can take away from this discussion really is again, you know, try to be a good person and look mm-hmm. out for people because they'll look out for you if you show that you care. You know, fan yeah. bases for I, I think video games are really one of the more passionate fan bases. Uh, next to say comic books or anything like that, I think yeah. they're one well, of the more passionate vocal fan bases. So I feel like if there's anyone you want to please and make happy, it's these people. Right. Well, I mean, what other media form do you interact with the story that's going on? Right. Or the, yeah. The music or whatever, you know, books. I mean, you don't interact with them. You know, you're you're just viewing that world yeah or listening to that world yeah it's a very passive experience yeah and so there's not a whole lot of medium where you interact with it you know i mean that's actually one of the reasons why i like sports games so much is because i wasn't able to play them uh as a kid mm-hmm. even though i wanted to long story short so i've always been into sports games because i they gave me the ability to uh, be out there on the field, you know, and do something that uh, I physically couldn't. So that makes sense. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that from that side of it anyway. Because being someone, someone who, someone who played sports when you were told that you really wouldn't be able to do so because of things that you have going on, you know, that's a whole other thing. So the fact that I could do it uh, made it better for me but i always love sports in that regard for the same reason though because you know i couldn't be playing it but here i am playing but if i can live out a a world that i'll probably never see i'm gonna do it you know yeah so that's that's a cool thing too but i think i think we're done is that it i think we kind of wrapped it up for the week I think we've kind of said all we need to say about the topics at hand. So thank you guys so, so much for coming through and listening to episode 89 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are getting ever closer to episode 100, the big hundo. We got some, we got some plan for that, but we'll get there. We, we still, got, still got a ways to go before we get to that point. But yep. we're going to get out of here. Before we do that, though, Ken... Round of plugs, go. So we are the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are on Twitter at the R&R Gaming Pod. That's R-A-N-D-R-G-A-M-I-N-G-P-O-D. We're personally on Twitter as well there. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are on Twitter. I'll wait for you to finish your statement. I don't know if you were done or not. <laughs> we are also on Twitter. Ken's on Twitter at MacRoboV. That's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. I'm on Twitter at Bron1417. That's B underscore Ron1417. You can also find the podcast in many places. Where can they find it, my friend? Yeah, so we are available on the Google Play Music, the iTunes Podcast Store, and on the CastBox app that's available on iOS and on Android. You can also just hop onto a web browser and go to castbox.fm and search us up for the R&R Gaming Podcast, and you can listen to us anywhere, anyhow, anywhen. Yes. While you're over there at those respective places listening to the podcast, be sure to give us a review and leave us five stars because it helps us to climb the charts to continue our goal, continue toward our goal, which is world video game podcast domination but we're gonna get out of here thank you guys so so much for tuning in episode 89 once again we appreciate all of you but ken they gotta come back next week my friend tell them why you should come back next week we'll be doing something interesting with games and movies 
and everyone could use a little more R&R. 